This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forgive me for what? For the last time I saw you and for you being gone all those years. I had my reasons to be gone. Yes, you did when you were younger, but you're not a child anymore and you haven't been for a long time. I can't believe you. You're turning this around on me? I'm not turning it around, Harvey. You have no idea what it's like to have a child who acts like you don't even exist. You don't know what it's like to have a mother who asks you to lie to his own father for her. Harvey, I never should have done that, and I have been trying to tell you I am sorry about it for 20 years, but until yesterday, you made it clear to me that you had no interest in whether I lived or died. Because I didn't. Well, can't you understand how that could devastate a person? I can understand how this was just a mistake. Because you are the same selfish, self-centered, disloyal woman you always were. And you are the same self-absorbed, childish man you always were. Well, whose fault is that? Oh, there you go, leave. That's what you do best. What'd you just say to me? I said, take a look in the mirror, Harvey, because I may have neglected my family in the past, but you've been doing it for as long as I can remember. Suit season six, episode 12 is over. Are you ready to hear us talk about the painting? Then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino back here with a guy who I'm going to guess has missed more than two flights in his life. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Why would you guess that? What about me makes you think that I don't, uh, you know, adhere to flight schedules? I think you're, you're your own person. Yeah. You can't be beholden to when the planes are taking off. You're right. Time is nothing but a man-made shackle, and I refuse to, to conform. You know, sometimes I, I, I like to be on time for stuff. I just don't like to be early for things, you know? Like, I got other stuff to do. I mm-hmm. can try to squeeze in before I get right. there. And flights, right. flights, they change the rules, too. They tell you what time the flight is leaving, but then they close the door early, but then they stop letting you check your bag earlier than that. It's like, well, when do I got to get there? Just tell me what time is the last time I can show up here and still get on the plane. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, why do I have so many conflicting reports on, as to when I got to be at the airport? Right. And people tell you that you got to be there two hours early. Well, two hours for what? What are we yeah. doing for two hours? Take my bag and go. I don't know. So yeah, I missed a couple of flights, but missed it makes it sounds like, you know, like it's a strong like you word. didn't like get to, to where you like, needed to be. Right, right. Like I got to where I was trying to get, and mm-hmm. I, on time. You know, it just didn't get there when y'all wanted me to get there. <laughs> when on the plane, y'all wanted me to get on there. Hey, dang, Rob, am I am I on trial here? No, is that what this is? No. Okay, I felt like this is a de- uh, deposition or something like that. No. Damn, am I though? I mean, no? is uh, is a podcast a deposition? 
It could be. Mm-hmm. You want to ask me some questions? Go. I mean, we don't swear anybody in before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Swear me in. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, here we are to talk about the painting, uh, kind of like a half flashback episode. Uh, it was a flashback episode, and we've had this probably more over the course of like these last couple seasons where we used to get like a flashback episode and we were flashing back to everybody. Like, what was Lewis doing seven years ago? And now, Really, we'll have these episodes where it's a little bit more of like a character study of like we had this even with Jessica a couple episodes ago where we were flashing back to Jessica and her parents and Jessica and her dad. And then so this was a lot of flashing back to Harvey the last time he talked to his mom and then going to go visit his mom here in this episode. Plus, Mike Ross has a new job and uh, Mike is going to Mike no matter where he is. He is, and we get some something of a blast from the past with Mike as well because uh, in the last episode, he went and applied at Eastside Clinic. Mm-hmm. And although he applied there and he met somebody named Oliver who he felt like, you know, they, they connected really well. Anita Gibbs said, I'm shutting all this clinic stuff down. There will be no legal stuff for you at all. But this man, Nathan, uh, comes to his door in this episode and says, hey, Mike, you remember me? I used to work at Eastside Clinic way back when you tried to be a, uh, pretend to be a lawyer the first time to impress the girl that mm-hmm. I liked. Yeah. Well, now I'm still there. I've never left. And I'm actually running the whole thing. And I really need you to come work for us for pennies on the dollar because you're dirt cheap, buddy. I know yeah. you're a fraud. And so you're not a real lawyer, but you know real lawyer things. And so I need to hire you. Um, this guy... He's painted as like a do-gooder in this episode because Mike's like, yeah, you you just, you want to hire me despite me being a felon? He's like, yeah, because you told the truth. And I remember what you did for that one guy who we, who I was going to get deported. But then I stopped and think about it. I was like, are you a good guy? Because aren't you the same guy who threw Mike under the bus because he was trying to get to know that girl that you like? Like You were like, I don't care who this is. That guy's getting deported because I like her. You know, mm-hmm. I guess he's changed over the years. Mike has too. But it did feel like a, a very, uh, like, like a, a big switcheroo as far as characters go. Like I didn't, I never known this sure. guy to be the type to want to hang out with Mike Ross. Okay, well, maybe he's changed, but also he's like, Hey, I've been working at this clinic for 12 years and uh, it, it broke him. And he's like, boy, yeah. if I could just get somebody to come in here and be the new dread pirate Roberts, I need somebody to be the new captain of this ship. Like uh, yeah. your boy, Nathan is tired. And so here's a guy like um, we'll get this is like Moneyball of for pennies on the dollar that Mm. instead of hiring like a good person for this job. What if we hired a fraud, a reformed fraud who is just looking to make a name for himself, try to get back on the straight and narrow? That'll work. Yeah. Let's offer him thirty five thousand dollars a year to basically consult with all of these people at the legal clinic, a bunch of law students uh, and fresh lawyers who want to help people. And this speaks to Mike Ross because Mike Ross has been telling us for years that he wants to help people. He's been secretly trying to help people when he should be doing corporate law as well. And so now he gets an opportunity to do what he wants to do. He's not going to make any money. Him and Rachel are probably going to have to move out of their apartment because they're not going to be able to afford it. But at least he's doing something that's fulfilling. And it's going to help Nathan out because he can save a lot of money. I'm sure that like calling in a a legal consultant for a legal clinic, like a big time lawyer or a corporate lawyer, uh, it's probably cost him a ton of money. But to get Mike Ross paid, like making basically minimum wage, this is this is great. 
Yeah. This is like when somebody is like a, a sports star, like gets cut from another team, has like a big contract. And you could sign them for like the league minimum. Uh, that's I think what's going on here. But I have to go back to Mike and Rachel. And I was talking about this yesterday with the Mike, like going to go take a teaching job and then comes mm -hmm. home and is like, well, like, that's it. I'm not a lawyer anymore. I'm a teacher. He's like, what, Mike? It's been one day. Uh, this yeah. is literally the very, like, the next day, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, the next I, day. I don't know, like, but it seemed like that he was a teacher for more than one day. So I don't know how long he was a teacher for. Um, and Rachel's like, Mike, what's going on? You like, you, doesn't school start at seven? He's like, yeah, well, I got fired. I didn't want to tell you. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and yeah. then, like, the next night, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I took a job at a different clinic. I took a job back at the clinic. Yeah, so I am a, like working in law again. Yeah, and I make $35,000 a year and we're going to have to move. I would have called you, but I was busy. And she's like, yeah, oh, okay. I, I don't want to bother you. Yeah. yeah. All right, what can she say? She's going to follow this man off yeah. the cliff. She says, if he wants to live in a shoebox, she's going to live in a shoebox with him. That's This is real love. You know, I ain't never experienced this. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of like, Shoebox, ew, you know. Um, but Rachel is like, no, nah, that's fine. I come from money. I'm rich. I, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'll take care of you one day. Let's really hope that Mike Ross doesn't screw this up because Rachel's going to look back at her life and yeah. be like, damn, I really threw Remind away all again, my nice things for him. What does Mike bring to the table in this relationship? Like, I mean, let's make a list of like the pros for Mike. Okay. He's um he knows he knows movies he knows like, movies but Rachel does I don't think that that's ever been a thing with Mike and Rachel like Rachel doesn't seem to know any movie quotes yeah but that's that's insane she like, like watched Game of Thrones I think yeah yeah they they both know Masande they do um he is funny to her um, okay he's funny ish he's funny ish uh he can he cleans up nice you know yeah he doesn't um, actually clean up. No, no, he doesn't actually do anything, but he likes to help people. He has a good heart. He has Rob. a good heart. He has a really he has a good heart, yeah, but he does go to and jail. How can you beat that? Yeah, yeah, but he's out. You know, he's a like he breaks out of jail. Mm -hmm. but former felon, former felon. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, is he a bad boy? A, is that what's going on? He is a bad boy, but remember, she's a bad girl. You know, that was her thing. Like I cheat too, right? And yeah. Sometimes it's my fault. You know, sometimes I guess my so. idea. You know that. They seem like a match made in heaven. I just the show doesn't do a really good job of painting why. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. Well, speaking of painting, all right. How yeah. about that? We are going to come back to uh, the episode is called the painting. We thought that we were going to see the painting that was taken from Harvey from mm -hmm. A. Elliot Stemple, and you know, just to go back to that. Didn't he wanted to like extort Harvey for $10 million and then offered to settle for the painting instead? It was always about the painting. That's a bad move. It was, yeah, of course. Hey, Elliot Stimple is a horrible person. Like he, he, I told you, he's like the Riddler or something. Like I, Harvey needs to go punch him in the face. And you know, I'm like, again, I'm not, I'm not uh, advocating for physical violence against any character on this show except A. Elliot mm -hmm. Stimple. Like I think he's the one who should get punched. Okay. Um, it's, it's just time. Well, let's talk about it. So Donna is pushing Harvey to go visit with his mom and reconcile. And, you know, I thought that overall, like, I think I'm team mom on a lot of this. It's a hard Whoa. Uh, what? <laughs> like uh, Harvey's mom, you know, she like even like I admit like what I did. But like, like Harvey was so out of line at the funeral the, the first time when, you know, 
I get it. Like Harvey was upset about mom, you know, cheating on dad with Bobby, but it wasn't like, like her and Bobby then got married. Like this is like her husband now. And Harvey is like, oh, how, like how disrespectful you bring him here to dad's funeral. Like, well, like, like, okay, well, that, that is her husband now. Like, what is he not supposed to come to the funeral because she cheated on Gordon with with Bobby? I, yeah, absolutely. I, look, here's the thing. I hear you. I get it. It's her husband. He needs to support her emotionally, but also lady from Harvey's point of view, you ruined his dad's life and you brought the person who ruined his life to the funeral. Now, Harvey does not know at that point that his dad's perfectly fine with Bobby. He's like, no, it's cool. Bobby's me and me and your wife were me and my my wife were never actually happy or, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. like the love who got lost a long time ago, or I knew she was a groupie the whole time. You know, Harvey's looking at this as the love of his life did a horrible thing to him. And then she brought like, you know, the avatar of all of that to the funeral to kind of just like tap dance on his grave. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't, he's not understanding that Bobby is essentially part of the family because Harvey exited the family so early. Now I do think the hard launch of, Hey, Bobby's still around to Harvey maybe wasn't the best move. Like if I'm, if I'm, I mean, did Harvey not know his mom got married? I'm sure he did not know that his mom married Bobby. I think he, when he, how does he not know? Marcus he never, never, never brought Marcus never like, Hey, I'm going to mom's wedding this weekend. Are you coming? Are you going to stop by? Marcus was going through chemo. and didn't call Harvey. He, he could have died and didn't call Harvey. I you just think can't he called imagine. To let him like, know about like you, Rob, this man had not talked to his brother in years. And you think the first call he's going to make to his brother is like, Hey, you remember that guy who ran you out of the family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him and mom's getting married. You want to send them something? You want to, you know, they're registered on Amazon. You know, I, that's not the call Harvey's going to get from Marcus. He does. He knows Harvey just likes to fight. That's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I thought Bobby, he would got lucky to get out of this episode without getting knocked out. I think Bobby uh, was willing to like, uh, I think Bobby was willing to take that risk because I think that, you know, as a younger brother, you know, this is like, it's it's going to be more difficult to beat up the older brother. It just is. It's just like a, it's like a, it's a power dynamic that it's just not going to be able to shake. However, um, that level of rage or like a hurt will definitely fuel you in the fight. So there's a moment in this episode where Bobby goes to charge up Harvey and Harvey's like, oh, you want to go? And I'm thinking, yeah, Bobby, you, you, you don't have the aggression behind this fight to beat Harvey. But when Harvey shows up willing to blow up the funeral seven years prior, um, Marcus is like, oh, no, nah, let's do it. Let's let's rumble because I am pissed at you. You know, like my kids are always asking about you. You haven't been around. I've been doing chemotherapy. You weren't around. And now you want to yell at my mom, who's been essentially taking care of my kids with her new husband, Bobby, for for months at this mm-hmm. point. Now, years, you know, later on in the in the flash forward. So, yeah, Harvey, uh, I. I wouldn't bet against Harvey in any situation, except maybe this one. I think Mar- Marcus had some pent-up aggression, and he was going to let Harvey have it. Um, but yeah, I just really think that Bobby showing up to the funeral is fine, but Bobby should not in any way think he'd be okay to talk to Harvey. Like, there, read the room. Like, at mm-hmm. what point did the guy, the guy who's been estranged for seven years want to talk to the guy who ran him out? Yeah, when you say talk to Harvey, you mean when Bobby showed up at Marcus's house? Yeah, when Bobby showed no, when Bobby shows up at the funeral at the wake, yeah, uh, he's like he like Harvey's talking to his mom, like mom, I'm really I'm really trying, I'm trying so hard, I'm just so angry, da 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 da, and she's like, well, I'm happy you came, X Y Z, and you know he's really struggling with his mom. Bobby walks up like, hi son, <laughs> it's me, <laughs> me and your mom have been waiting for you to come. Like yeah. that's what Harvey saw. Like 
why are you here, homewrecker? Get out, <laughs> you know? But I, like I said, I kind of agree that Bobby could be at the funeral. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. But why are you talking to me? What did you think I was going to say? Thank God, Bobby. Thank you for taking care of my mom since you snatched her away from my dad. Like, mm-hmm. There's no way Harvey's going to see this and think, oh, this is great. This is fine. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't blame him. But Harvey's he's such a little brat. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, when they go to dinner and, you know, he's saying like, hey, I, you know, I want to apologize about, about uh, some some things. And, you know, uh, and, and she's like, well, you know, I'm also like, I, you know, I can for, forgive you. And he's like, what? Forgive me? What? Like, what did right. I do? Well, yeah, let's be very clear. Harvey said, OK, mom, I'm ready to forgive you now. Yeah. Like, so come on. Apologize. Yeah. And she goes, oh, thanks, Harvey. I'm glad that you're ready to forgive me because I'm ready to forgive you, too. And that's when his head spins around (laughs) like, why would I have to forgive you? She's like, well, you didn't even like you didn't even offer me a chance to apologize to you like on my own. You just told me, "Okay, I'm here. Say your piece. She's Mm -hmm. like, I didn't call you. You showed up at my job. So, yeah. Um, she calls him what a, a spoiled brat and a, a self-centered little man and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And he man goes, child, whose fault think, is yeah. yeah? And she goes, whose fault is that? And I'm like, well, ma'am, whose fault is that? Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting on the crickets. So like, well, and she's like, well, yeah, Harvey, now you gonna walk away, walk away like you always do. If, you know, I might have abandoned my family, but look at you now. If I'm Harvey, I'd be like, who do you think I got it from? You know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I just really thought like, got it from his mama. He, it, listen, sometimes they get it from them. And so I think that for mom, I think that in this situation, she really had been hurt by Harvey disappearing for so long that she thought we are making amends. But she really should have looked at this from a mom standpoint and said, I hurt my child. And my child is going to come to me and say, mom, make me feel better about this. But she was kind of like, oh, thank God, Harvey. Now we can feel better about this. Lady, this is not about you. This mm-hmm. is about Harvey healing. It was never about you. It took her a while to get there, but eventually she does. Yeah. And eventually it looks like uh, we make some progress with Harvey and with mom. He comes back to go to her art gallery and ends up seeing a, a different painting. I'm, I'm kind of confused about the paintings. Okay, Chappelle, this is like another spot, a spot where I need you to explain to me what's going on. Okay. The painting that's in Harvey's office is a painting of the duck. But then the there's duck. also a painting of the painting of the duck that is also art that was on a record of one of Gordon's back of like the record jackets. So there's like a painting of the duck and then also mom painted a a painting of her painting the duck and Harvey watching her paint the duck. Like this is getting like very meta. I mean, yeah, it is a painting of a woman painting the picture of the duck. And so Harvey sees the painting and is like, man, that reminds me of that original painting that you were painting in that painting. And she goes, okay. He's like, but I don't have it no more. And I kind of, I, I miss it. I miss, I miss having that memory of you. And so she gives him the painting of the painting of her painting the duck. Uh, so, so yes. So now in his office, he has a painting that his mom painted of her painting a duck for him that he used to have as a painting on his wall that may or may not have been on the painting on the back of a jacket of the record that his dad had. Does that make sense? Okay. (laughs) Should I grab the whiteboard? It's like, (laughs) it's a little confusing, right? Right. Uh, uh, Harvey's looking at he Harvey now has a painting of himself and his mom looking at the painting that he gave to Elliot Stemple that he used to have to remember his mom when his mom mm-hmm. painted it you know way back if then. only like right. somebody would paint 
that moment of Harvey asking his mom for the painting of her painting the duck and him looking at her watching the painting. Like that might be yeah. an even more beautiful picture. I think the more beautiful picture is the painting of Harvey and Donna looking at the painting of Harvey <laughs> oh, and his mom as she's also. painting the painting. Yeah, that used to be on the wall that he gave to A.L.A. Simple. That's mm -hmm. the one that I would like. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Mike at the clinic. And they bring Mike on and he's the manager here. And... I, I don't know. Like Mike is Boo, like uh, coming in. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <Buddhist> man. <laughs> yeah. He's, like I get it, Mike. You're like your experience. And Marissa is dealing with this case. The woman that didn't pay the rent. And he's like, he's like, Hey Marissa, like, uh, you, you like, do you even know how to lawyer? What are you even doing? She's like, uh, Mike, I got this. Mm -hmm. The confidence of a white man with no credentials will always astound you. I mean, it's like, ah, ha, ha, I, I'm Mike Ross and I'm in charge. Why? Because he said I am. So y'all need to get in line. It's like, okay, I, I feel that. Now, Marissa, what do you got going on? Well, I really don't need any help. Well, tell me. Well, I, I, I really don't. Well, good, because I already looked it up and you better be on it because if you don't have it, it's like, well, all right. Thank you. Well, I'm working on that. My, my client's coming tomorrow at three. Thank you for your advice. Tomorrow at three comes. Uh, where's my client? Yeah, I already met with him at 2.30 because I said so. Yeah, but Mike, dear God, we get it. You used to be a lawyer, but can you please have a softer touch with these people? They don't know you. I don't even know what he's talking about because he's like, you know, telling Marissa, he's like, that don't you know what's going to happen? The other side is going to come in and they're going to make her a settlement offer and they're going to offer her like just enough to get by and she's going to take it and you're not ready for that. Like, what are they going to offer her? Like, she owes the landlord money. Like, um... Is she suing for damages? Yeah. What, like, what is happening here? No, so they, I don't. I don't know what uh, Marissa. So Marissa, it feels like she's just trying to get out of her having to pay the rent altogether. Like, listen, listen. The um, the the landlord situation was not livable. She was in at a place where there was no heat. Her kid got asthma. You know, the window was mm -hmm. broken. She couldn't get it fixed. And so Marissa's like, she shouldn't have to pay this man a dime. And um, in the meantime, the court is like, all right, that might be true. But you got to pay your rent right now to stay in the home, right? And you owe three months back rent. So while this case is going, the landlord still wants their money. Like, yeah, if we figure out later on that, you know, legally you don't owe anything, fine. We'll figure that out later on. But right now, you need a place to sleep. And you are three months behind on your rent. And so Micah said, they're, all the opposition is going to do is come in and pay her just enough for the rent. Uh, or whatever, and then they're going to get it back in blood <laughs> or something like that. And so Mike is trying to tell Marissa, like, if you think she's not paying anything, you're wrong. She's, she is. You're not taking down this landlord like this. She's not getting out of her rent. She needs to pay this while y'all try to sue or whatever the case may be. I'm pretty sure she's trying to sue, right? The kid got asthma. He's been getting mm -hmm. sick. They've had to go to hospitals. She's she's going to want, the you know, the pain and suffering, that money back, you know? Um but you're not going to get it because, like like you said, the other side is going to give her money to sleep, and that's going to be enough to get her to shut up. She's not going to like uh, like blow the whistle on the landlord because at least she has a place where she can rest her head at night. So, I mean, Mike's not wrong, uh, but he's really jumping the gun on this one. You know, like he's not letting Marissa find this out for herself. He's coming in. And he's being the avatar for the big bad wolf. He's like, yeah, they're going to come in and do exactly what I'm doing to you. Now, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And just for the record, uh, eventually, who is going to come in and give this woman just enough money to get by? 
Mike Ross. Mike <laughs> Ross is eventually going to do it. Now, I know, sounds crazy, but what they end up taking this to court because they don't have any proof that this woman has contacted the landlord about the heat situation. Um, all they have is phone records. And so after Mike makes his grand display to get everybody to trust him and he tells everybody his secret and all this other stuff, they end up in court and he uh, and he lets Oliver take the lead on this one because mm. Oliver is an actual lawyer. Uh, Marissa is a law student and Mike is a fraud. So Mike has to sit on uh, on the sidelines and watch as Oliver says, look, we have all these phone calls. These phone calls prove that she reached out to the landlord. Obviously, she told him that there was no heat. And the other lawyer does some uh, tomfoolery, some tr some trickery. Yeah. She's like, well, I made a phone call to you. Didn't we just talk about how you weren't going to say X, Y, Z? Oliver's like, what? Mm -hmm. You didn't make a phone call. I mean, you called me, but we didn't talk about that. She's like, exactly. And so how are you going to prove that they talked about the heat? So ultimately, Marissa's looking at Mike like, all right, big shot, do something. Save the day. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing he can do. There's yeah. nothing he can do. They lose, and now they have to pay the uh, rent for three months' rent by 10 a.m., or the um, the client is going to be uh, out on her ass uh, until they figure the rest of this out. So Mike Ross comes in as the like the angel investor or this uh, like uh, like you know hidden been you know person with the money. Like oh you know like here I am just giving you my blessing. Here's three months' rent. Rob, her month her her rent after three months was thirty six hundred dollars. Yeah. What a time to be alive in New York, right? I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a, a pretty bad place uh, that she's living in. That's uh, like, I don't know, like, uh, is that a one bedroom? Is that a, is that a studio? It's got to be a yeah. one bedroom <laughs> with no walls because, <laughs> uh, yeah, because $3,600 in New York sounds ridiculous. Like, I was like, shit, I didn't know you could do like live like that. But uh, this is several years ago. You know, the price of rent has definitely gone up. I mean, I think they have no windows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she she had a window. It was just broke, you know. So mm -hmm. yeah, I guess the landlord said for the amount I'm letting you stay here. You know, right? Maybe you don't deserve heat. I don't know. Landlords suck. Now, do you think that Mike cleared this with Rachel? Uh, you know, no, Mike has already Mike told Rachel earlier in this episode. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna make thirty five thousand dollars a year. We're poor now. Um, we have to move. Um, then also is going to give thirty six hundred dollars of his money, their money to this woman. Is it their money already? I mean, they ain't, they ain't married. I don't know. I didn't want to say, like, it's Mike's yeah. money. Yeah. It is Mike's money. Mike made a lot of money as a fraud, you know, a mm -hmm. lot quickly, you know, being the youngest junior partner at, at Pierce Inspector Lit at, in the history of the world. Yeah, it's, um, I, I guess so, it's blood money from being a fraud. I, it really is. So it's kind of like, Mike, do the right thing, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, but I, I'm sure Rachel will want to know, like, so you're just paying women's rents now? It's like, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It, it, Are you seeing this woman? Like, no, no. She's just a straight, just a woman that needed help paying her rent. However, I don't think this is the last we're going to see of this woman, right? Because they haven't figured out this mm -hmm. legal issue They're yet. Still working Mike, on Ross it. Needs, yeah. Mike Ross has a job. And so now it looks like the team of Mike... Oliver and Marissa are going to be the ones who are tackling this case moving forward. Um, I'm interested in this Marissa lady. Like, I really want her to be a foil in Mike's life somehow. I don't know what I want Rachel to get jealous or something. Like, I, I want some drama. Give mm. me something here. I need something. Maybe Rachel's not jealous, but maybe Mike is like toying with the idea of cheating. I want some, like, stir the pot. Oh my God. I, yeah, stir the pot, stir it up. Because, you know, uh, we've been getting a lot of feedback about season six. It's not everyone's favorite season. Uh, Rob, I know you said you had some personal struggles with the beginning of it. So I'm thinking that this is like a chance to start anew 
and bring in some new action here at Pearson Spectrum. Yeah, Vietnam, but I have to say the, the clinic stuff, it feels like I'm watching a different show. I, I feel like that this it, is like some does. suits spinoff of like uh, like Mike at the like East Side Legal Clinic. It does feel like it, right? We got a tweet from uh, Jenny One Love, and it says, I agree with Rob. Season six has been uh, the least entertaining so far. I watched ahead and stopped at season six to wait for you guys. Looking uh, ahead, though, season nine isn't on Netflix. We have to go to Amazon Prime when we get there. Peacock, too, I think. Yeah, 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 I think so. So I will be good when we get there. But season six has been leaving a lot to be desired. And so maybe it is because it's starting to feel like it's been out. I mean, hell, even the the jail stuff kind of felt like a different story, mm-hmm. you know, like it was Mike on prison break. So, uh, yeah, stir it up. Give us some new drama. Give us something to seek our teeth in here because right now Mike is just on a side quest and uh, it really doesn't have anything to do with the main plot. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Chappelle, let's figure out who gets the Liddy here in this episode. Now, we haven't talked about Lewis yet, uh, but I think that Lewis has got to be in consideration here that as Harvey is going to go and be on his side quest of go to talk to his mom, Lewis is left being the old, like I heard we were going to get 10 associates. They haven't shown up yet. Lewis is the only person here left at uh, PSL who's doing any work. He's the only person who is doing legal work at PSL. In like, this Donna's abandoned office Harvey. building. Right. Donna's worried about Harvey. Rachel is in school, I presume. And yeah, and then Harvey is. I think she Harvey. assisted Lewis in some to some degree on this case. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, Lewis is doing all the work here. I mean, if that's the uh, criteria for the Liddy, then he's gonna get it hands down because mm-hmm. he's the only one who's doing anything. So there's a guy named Teddy Doyle, he's one of Harvey's clients, and he needs uh Lewis's help. Because he needs to access the proceeds from the sale of this company uh, that were uh, put into trust uh, to avoid taxes. And he needs to do it without triggering those taxes. So this is a back alley nonsense that Lewis got going on. And uh, he needs Rachel to help. And so Rachel's like, okay, we'll find our way around this. We'll figure it out. Uh, and by the end, uh, Lewis gets it together. And he even forgives Harvey for yelling at him about not being managing partner. Harvey, who had been working about his working on his own forgiveness with his mom and stuff, he comes in and thanks Lewis and apologizes as well. And then they both agree to be managing partners. This is Harvey's idea, but Lewis does benefit from being the co-managing partner here. Um, and so I think it is a good look for Lewis. I don't think he took any L's, but are, are Lewis's L's bigger? I mean, uh, W's bigger than Harvey's W's in this episode because Harvey made up with his mom. He got a painting. He made it. You know, he spent some time with his brother. Uh, let go of some old, old hurt feelings. He's healing, Rob. Is that enough? I don't know. I feel like that in terms of like who's like doing the best. I mean, I think that Harvey was like uh, healing some old wounds, but to me, that's not Liddy material. That's I'm not looking for Liddy more material. substance. Some more substance. Okay. Yeah. So Mike Ross gave this woman a bunch of money to keep her in a, in a home. I mean, it's typical Mike Ross nonsense, but. That's that's a big deal. I mean, that's an L to me. I mean, Mike had to go into his own pocket and give a random person money for like uh, that his because his uh, his minions couldn't get the job done. 
there's no, look, there's nothing wrong with doing charity work for people. You know, mm-hmm. it, it'll make it makes your heart, you know, your heart smile, all that good stuff. Sure. And, you know, and you get good energy back into the world. I, I could see that for Mike Ross still. Um, but he did lose thirty six hundred dollars. Again, this man is rich. Or at least he was. So maybe that's not a lot from him. What about uh no, I don't think Rachel's in the contention, right? And I mean, you Donna? can push Donna, but I feel like that Donna, other than like Harvey, get on the flight. Come on, you can do it. Uh, I mean, she was like emotional support for Harvey. Yeah. yeah. Like Lewis for the first time it, after last week's real debacle or last, yesterday for us is real debacle. Like he bounced mm-hmm. back. He showed that he was capable of leading the firm and he ha- he does have it in him. So I think that this was a good bounce back episode for Lewis. I think so too. I think the bar is in hell, but because of because it's so low for Lewis, I was like, we have to give him the wins when he earns it. Yeah. And I think yeah, I, I can't nitpick here. He didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Um, not really uh too many references here in this episode. I don't think that there was really anything uh in terms of like a pop culture reference. So let's get into some of our feedback questions uh from this episode. Okay. You never and- read Pink Alicious? Pinkalicious? Uh, what's what's <laughs> yeah. Pinkalicious? Harvey read Pinkalicious to uh, oh yeah to, to Marcus's kids seven times and then he needed a six pack. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. uh, not really uh, getting Uncle of the Year uh, consideration after that. Yeah, he's like, I need a beer after that, and he I said, really I need a six it. pack. <laughs> he needed a six pack after that, and I and I was thinking too. I was like, in, in my childhood, like I was like, did people read me bedtime stories and then go drink? And then I thought about, it. I was like, no, they were drinking while they were reading me bedtime mm-hmm. stories. So maybe that's, that's fine. why I the kids don't care. For me. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't care. I wasn't like, oh yeah, like, like put that beer down and enjoy this quality time. I'm like, I ah, have another crack mm-hmm. one open. Who cares? All right. David says, is Harvey so self-absorbed he never thought to look back at his argument with his mom from her point of view in the last twenty years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's Harvey. Look, well, uh, also she put this burden on him as a child, and then it just reared its ugly head when he was an adult. So she had to, uh, like, really compete with some some scars for you know years, if not decades. That you know, just a surface level apology is not going to deal with. Like, you're not apologizing to a grown man. You're apologizing to twelve year old Harvey who walked in on you sleeping with his dad with a number of different guys. And then eventually Bobby, it wasn't like Bobby was the first one. Mm -hmm. It was Bobby was the one that stayed. He's the dad that stepped up. And so Harvey is like, Whoa, uh, I'm not ready to have that conversation. Like I'm a little bit more forgiving of Harvey here because I, I, because it felt like, yes, grown up Harvey should be able to deal with this. But because we've seen so many flashbacks of child Harvey having to deal with this, uh, I can see like, OK, there's no way that kid would be so forgiving. Now, Marcus is a different monster, but that's Marcus. He's got his own stuff going on. <laughs> um, Bree said in this episode, I literally stopped wa- watching once he decided to crime again. I'll have to wait for you guys to review <laughs> these episodes to see if it's worth continuing. Who's criming? Okay, so so Mike was criming again. Uh, you know, like when he was in jail, he was still doing law. You know, he's like, all right, I can get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me file this motion for you. Like Mike never stopped being a lawyer while he was in jail. Even Sean Cahill was like, what is wrong with you? Are mm-hmm. you dumb? So when he gets out of jail immediately and decides, okay, let me go do law again. It does kind of make you want to like flinch a little bit. Well, but at least now he's is not this doing, a crime? He's a yeah, lawyer. is he a practicing lawyer if he doesn't no. go to court? No, he is not a practicing lawyer. He is literally the supervisor yeah. of he, a legal clinic. He's lawyer GPT 
You know, he's like, basically here, let me look this over. Let me give you feedback on what you're doing. This isn't going to work. Yeah. Now, do you think it's long before Mike is doing law, you know, illegally? Do you think Mike ever like killing him? It was killing him to not be able to just blur it. Objection, your honor. He wanted to so bad. Mm -hmm. You know, Marissa's like, do something. He kind of sitting there like, I can't. And he's not saying I don't have a way out of this. It's more like I could. But I need to let y'all learn. You know, Mike, look at Mike. He's even being a teacher in this moment. He's putting mm-hmm. all of his skill sets together. He's going to maybe he's going to be a legal professor or something in the future. We don't know. Could be. That would be, you know, combining two of his interests of teaching and then also the law. That would be yeah, fine. He just needs to go to school at yeah. some point. Maybe Professor like, Gerard could take him under his wing and say, here's how to be a crooked ethics professor. Yeah. Oh, Mike Ross teaching ethics at the end of this. That would be rich. That would be rich. I would vomit. Yeah. I would legit throw up on this. Okay. (laughs) Angela says, I like Oliver. Do you think he's going to be a new main character or will Mike's stint at the clinic be a short one? Did we already look into Oliver, the character, uh, uh, like his IMDb? What is this guy from other stuff? So, uh, no, that is a good question about what else he's done. I don't like to look at like how many episodes he's in because I feel like that that then spoils me on stuff. Um, no, I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna look at his IMDb. Yeah, his name is Jordan uh, Johnson Hines. Uh, that okay. is uh, his name. Uh, looks like that well, he has been in a lot of different things. Uh, yes. Jordan Johnson Hines. The one thing that uh bothered me a little bit, his tie was so short. Um, and he's 6'3, so maybe he's tall. Uh, but his, felt like his uh tie was uh really, really coming in short, I felt like. Yeah, um, short tie guy. Um, he was in Nurses. He's most known for his role in Nurses. Uh, he plays Keon Colby. I've actually never heard of Nurses. Yes. Um, I'm looking. Okay. It's a Canadian drama. So, you know, um, the, uh, he is a Canadian actor as well. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's in a, a few things, but nothing that Endgame. I would have watched. Yeah. Yeah, nothing that I would have watched except Suits here. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe there'll be more to, of, of, what is this man's name? Jordan Johnson Hines yep. in the future. Uh, but yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. He's in a movie with uh, opposite Andrew Dice Clay called Warrior Strong. Oh. It's a basketball movie. Okay. I'm, it, it, is it out already? Is this 2023? <laughs> yeah, I think it's maybe direct to... Uh, <laughs> I don't direct think it, it went to theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know. I, we really have to start going to Canada more, so for more uh, more projects, to, you know, to watch. He mm-hmm. was in the RoboCop remake. Okay. Yeah, in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but yeah, he seems like a fun character here. I hope he sticks around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I like him on the show. Uh, he's been good so far. Then uh, let's see. Uh, then. How about um, uh, Katie said from yesterday, uh, this is not so much a question as it is an expression of rage. Uh, How on God's green earth does father, Mm. what's his name, hire Mike to be a teacher with literally no training? This man doesn't even have a bachelor's degree. As a teacher, I am offended on behalf of my whole profession. Look, same, same. Same. Don't get me started talking about the charter schools and how they just do whatever they want to. But, you know, I guess because it's a private school or a Catholic school, he can do what he wants. Uh, I don't know if they're beholden to those same laws and regulations. But, yeah, Father Walker kind of brought Mike in as a substitute with nothing. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you, uh, you're a felon. That works, you know. And so I'm not shocked that it, it, it backfired, that Trevor made the call and got Mike fired. I, I guess that's not canon, but mm-hmm. in my mind, it's canon. <laughs> All right, Chappelle, anything else that you want to say about this episode today? 
No, I'm just trying to figure out where we're going here. You know, Mike has a job now. Rachel is, uh, you know, happy with that. She's seemingly doing okay. She doesn't have any big cases, neither does Harvey and uh, Lewis. So I feel like we're about to get a factory reset, and we're about to start uh, moving towards the end of this season with a new Mm -hmm. uh, storyline, because we only have a few more episodes left. Yeah, I feel like that we need something big here at the end of the season. I feel like that uh, nothing uh, too hot going on, but I got to think that at the end of the episode when uh, they talked about how we're going to keep it PSL, and we're going to leave the door open for maybe Jessica to come back. I feel like it's about time for Harvey and Lewis to start to work together and actually do some law. Right. This kind of felt like a pilot episode, you know, where it's like it's letting us meet all the characters, right? So we meet Harvey, who has like mommy issues, but he's figuring them out. He, he works with the guy named Lewis, who's keeping the law firm afloat while he's doing that kind of stuff. Mike Ross is our, our main character because he's he's got his job and we're about to see where he starts. Like part two of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a yeah. premiere episode of something. Well, um, and so, yeah. Yeah, we need to get Mike somehow still involved in the storyline. I wonder if Mike will have a case that will somehow like need the resources of Harvey Mm -hmm. and PSL where they're sort of like that they come across a case that there's sort of like some sort of like mutual interest or that they're like against one of the clients of PSL and Mike is advising his like ragtag group against one of the PSL clients or something like that. But we need some way for Mike to still be involved with this. Right. And I mean, he has a resource in PSL that, I mean, it's, it's an invaluable resource, just like how Mike is to to this law firm, you know, I um, mean, to this legal clinic. Like that, Mike Ross is something that you, money can't really buy. This man has a, like an encyclopedic knowledge of the law and you're getting him for thirty five thousand dollars a year. It's like, yeah, I, I, I meet that guy. Well, when Mike runs into a wall, he's going to think, who do I have that's, you know, mm-hmm. such a resource? And he's like. I have Harvey and Lewis, Donna, even hell, Rachel, you know, where they got years of experience and, uh, and you know, and backgrounds in law that he can utilize. So I don't see a world where he's not making that phone call at one point or another to get some assistance with any of these clients. Okay. Chappelle, where can people keep up with what you're doing? At Chappelle's underscore show on Twitter. Okay. And I'm at Rob Sestrino. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow with season six, episode 13. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 